Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is February 22nd, 2017. We're going to be talking today about our livers, our adrenals, and optimum diets, along with gut health. All things that if even one of them is out of order, we might consider you out of order. Our special guest today is Brendan Gochran. And he is, I am a, uh, can't talk today, <laughs> molecular um, biologist, and he taught at the University of Connecticut. He also received his MBA from Bentley University. He has spent 15 years in the healthcare field, and he also was an executive for a major nutraceutical manufacturer before he started multiple companies on his own. And the latest one is called Liver Medic. And we will get into what he does with that company. He also goes out and he does health lectures for both physicians and to the public. So let's bring him onto our show now. Hello there, Brendan. Hi, how are you? Good evening to you. Thanks for having me on. I'm good. I just have to not stumble in my words today. <laughs> you know, if it's not my last name, it's uh, it's you know my background in science. It's it's something. So don't worry about it. You're not the first. I try to make it as difficult as possible for hosts. You know. <laughs> there you go. Mission accomplished. Well, hopefully nobody out there is out of order. But if we get something with uh, someone who's out of order, we're we're going to talk about we're going to talk about how to get them back in order. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully they can handle the truth. <laughs> I'd like to start the show by asking you, how did you get on the path that you're on today, outside of getting your degree? Um, sure. Why did you choose the health field? Yeah, so uh, when I was uh, just a real small kid, um, I had a, we had a good family friend of ours who was in the biotech uh, field. And um, for those out there who know what I'm talking about, um, his name is Hank Lane, and he invented the cell cube. And um, for a lot of folks, that doesn't mean a whole lot. But what that enabled science to do was grow cells and um, observe cells outside of their environment. And that was super important in the biotech field. So um, he was a real trailblazer uh, and a real inspiration for me. And, and when 
I was around. He's also a molecular biologist, a graduate of uh, Boston University. And so that's kind of how I got into it. And, you know, he just loves to help people and to heal uh, folks and uh, just has a natural curiosity for, for nature. And same thing here. Um, he owned a farm and just loved animals. And so that, that kind of got me on that road. And then <laughs> when I went to the University of Connecticut, I, re- I remember one of the things I never wanted to take was organic chemistry because I kept on hearing all these awful things about it. And I said, look, you know, what, um, what, what uh, major can I take to avoid this organic chemistry? It was just general biology. So I went mm-hmm. to, uh, I went to the, uh, uh, my advisor and I said, look, I want to do general biology. And I'm going to keep it clean for the audience here. But he said, general biology, what the, you know. What is that? <laughs> You're going to you're going to end up observing birds for the rest of your life. That's not going to do anything good for humanity. And so he put me on a path uh, of molecular biology. And that's kind of my story. Oh, that's that's a great story. I love that. We all have a mentor somewhere, somehow in our lifetime. Yeah, and I've been uh, blessed by multiple, no doubt about it. I'm a big believer in uh, there's nobody who does anything significant in this world without lots of help from other people. So Mm -hmm. just a message for folks out there, for sure. So so let's get started, Mr. Liver Medic. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You want to do the $60,000 question? What's important about your liver? Hey, let's let's do that one. All right. We'll do that, sure. Yeah, so when I go around and I do these lectures uh, around the country, you know, a lot of people come. um, Some of them have no idea what's going on with their liver. Some people have no idea how how important the liver is. Some have no idea how it touches other critical parts of their biology. And a lot of times they'll be seeing specialists, uh, cardiologists, uh, you know, you name it. Uh, and they don't look at the body from a holistic perspective. Uh, they may have IBS. They may have uh, sleep conditions. They may have uh, chronic inflammation. Uh, they may have gout. They may have Hashimoto's. I mean, I, I, I list could go on and on. And all of those things, um, I'm not going to say 100% of the time, but a majority of the time stem from uh, poor gut health leading to inflammation that leads to fatty liver, and then your body uh, has sort of a reduced ability to do a lot of the chemical processes that are necessary for a healthy being to stay healthy, and we get caught. And then we have these symptoms that uh, other doctors will look at, and a lot of times the allopathic, which are conventional uh, physicians out there, they misdiagnose, they look at it um, through you know their... Uh, sort of myopic lens, and they don't mm-hmm. catch what's going on here. So, you know, let's just back up for a second. Okay, the liver, you know, what's important about that? Okay, it's an organ that uh, conducts about uh, over 500 different chemical reactions. It's highly uh, integrated and important in your whole endocrine system, which is the hormones. Your hormones for the body are your super highway. So, being able to break them down, being able to, to create them, all the cofactors that go in, um, a lot of that has to do with um, the liver. Uh, properly functioning liver also uh, modulates and regulates the blood glucose cycle. So sending the signal to secrete insulin, to break down insulin, how much uh, uh, glucose is in the blood, that whole process, that's the liver. So for you folks who are 
pre-diabetic or type 2 diabetic, you should be really focused more on the liver than on the pancreas, okay? Um, There are the detoxification of your body. Now, we all know that if your DNA starts to get altered by, you know, whatever it is, uh, chemicals uh, outside of the body, um, you end up um, smoking or, or drinking or eating the wrong foods, you know, the cell membranes um, within the body start to break down, the mitochondria start to break down, the DNA gets altered. Those are toxins. And if your liver isn't catching those, detoxifying the body and releasing them, uh, either through urine, sweat, or bile, they're going to build up in the system and they're going to start breaking down and your health will break down. And that could cause all kinds of problems, including Mm -hmm. cancer, God forbid. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about the importance of the liver, people quickly sort of dismiss the importance perhaps um, of that vital organ, but you'd be making a big mistake. So that's one of the things that I try to get across to folks. So it's, you know, it's eating healthy, knowing what, what you're eating, knowing some of the trends that have taken place in the food industry in the last say 40 or so years. So let me throw out some statistics if it's okay with you. Oh, love those. Okay. So about a hundred years ago, uh, the average individual was eating somewhere or consuming a, a somewhere between 11 to 12 pounds of sugar annually. Now the average individual is consuming over 130. That's going to make a dramatic impact, not only on type two diabetes, but also going to be changing the microbiome within the small and large intestine. And microbiome is just a fancy term for the uh, bacteria and the environment, the other organisms that commonly reside in your digestive tract. Uh, And those nice, friendly bacteria that we were given at birth, if we start to augment that, oftentimes we'll have an imbalance, and doctors will refer to this as a dysbiosis. And when that takes place, you have opportunistic bacteria that move in, you have candida that move in, then you have a breakdown in the microbiome. You typically have leaky gut. Leaky gut leads Mm -hmm. to um, toxins and other things streaming into the body. That uh, gives way to uh, your immune system that then goes on alert and you have chronic inflammation. Those things, once they bypass the uh, inflammatory, the immune system, they have to be filtered by something and that something is typically the liver. So 70% of blood flow ends up going to the liver. So the liver is now being um, challenged or has the responsibility of removing those toxins. And if they're flowing in too fast, too quick, then your liver gets overwhelmed we end up with fatty liver uh, because the sort of the last line of defense is the liver says, look, I can't uh, detoxify this stuff, but I can store it. So I'm going to create a fat cell in order to store this and I'll take care of it later. Later doesn't come. The fat builds up in the liver. The function of the liver starts to break down. Uh, and then everything goes, sort of goes haywire from that. And uh, physicians will often refer to that as metabolic syndrome. And that takes in the adrenal fatigue piece, the uh, increases uh, in cholesterol, the cardiovascular issues, sometimes um, cognitive uh, decline, um, uh, arthritis. Um, So there's a lot of things uh, that we include uh, in this sort of pathology. And if people understand this, then they can avoid it. Um, If they're eating right, they're supplementing right, uh, and so we'll, we'll talk about some of those things. Yeah, that'd be great. So do you want me to lead into that? Please do. Okay, okay. 
So, uh, so what a lot of people don't recognize is there's been huge shifts in our food supply in the last, oh, say, 40 or so years. So there's been an unfortunate marriage <laughs> between the mm-hmm. chemical industry and the food industry. So the guys who are picking and packing the food have the same fellas who are on those uh, on the boards of those companies are also on the boards of chemical companies and vice versa. And so now you have uh, ADM and Dow Chemical and, you know, you throw out uh, an American chemical company that's out there. And they are now producing a lot of the um, ingredients that go into not only processed foods, um, but a lot of things that you wouldn't commonly um, think of as, uh, as foods that are uh, being touched by uh, chemicals. Uh, a lot of the stuff uh, would be... Uh, your poultry, uh, your beef, uh, your fish, your chick, you know, all mm-hmm. the pork, all of that stuff. So there's been a massive consolidation on top of the uh, massive increase in the amount of chemicals going into processed foods. There's been a massive consolidation in uh, the uh, cattle, pork, and uh, chicken industries. Mm-hmm. So as a result, there's been a, a massive increase in the amount of antibiotics used. And everybody knows, look, if I'm going to go out and buy a chicken, it's got to be antibiotic-free and hormone-free and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. At least we've gotten to the point where we're educated enough to start asking for those things. The problem that we're starting to see now, however, is with the advent of GMO foods, this is a very super cheap feed source. So when you have chickens and cattle in very close proximities, they are not roaming uh, the lands, you know, uh, eating what Correct. they should normally eat. Mm-hmm. Their, their feed is now GMO corn primarily and GMO uh, soy and things like that. And the uh, not only... Um, is that not nutritious and it, it just doesn't make any sense for the animal to be consuming, but it's also picking up the herbicides and pesticides from those uh, GMO foods. And, it's, you know, we're talking about BT toxin and glyphosate, more glyphosate more than anything else. And whatever other chemicals that are currently right now under patent, we don't know what they are, getting into mm. the animal and then into your system. So we know because we've seen the studies, of course, none of them are conducted within the U.S. They're all studies that are done in South America and in Europe uh, because they're sort of free of the massive GMO industry and lobbying group. They've taken a look at this and they said, wow, glyphosate is in all these GMO foods and it's getting into people's bodies. What are the effects? Well, the effect is that it pits the stomach and in the, in the intestinal tract and then it travels to the liver and inhibits the liver's ability to detoxify the system. So you increase your toxin load and you prevent the body from removing it. And that, you know, sort of um, double dose is doing some serious damage to folks. So when people are getting uh, obese and when they're coming down with type 2 diabetes, when they have sleep problems and when they have inflammation, it's not because, you know, they can't stay away from the Frito-Lay you know, a machine down the street or mm-hmm. can't stop drinking Coke, although that those are problems. Um, it has to do with the fact that these chemicals are getting into our system, causing problems. We can't remove them. And this buildup that takes place over time is creating a lot of health issues. So um, I feel for folks in that position. I see them all the time. And there are um, regimens that uh, we can employ to get them out of that. And it's not hard to do. And we teach our you know, physician partners to do that with tremendous results. Um, but again, you know, I have to implore this. The uh, listeners have to know that 
we don't make magic pills. You can't eat the way you've always been eating and then take a pill and everything's going to be okay. The combination of supplementation and eating right is definitely going to put you on a fast track to health. Uh, and you better do it soon because we're living longer lives and you want to be able to uh, have a good living at the end rather than you know, be shackled by poor health and allow the pharmaceutical industry to own your cupboard. That's a very bad direction to go in. Mm, I agree. Now, because the liver becomes, um, you know, wroth with chemicals, et cetera, what is your regiment for detoxifying it? Yeah. So um, it's, it's interesting. So, when we started out, there are certain um, herbs and natural uh, ingredients that we use that have been studied for years. Uh, and, you know, we had the top cardiologists and uh, um, progressive physicians, uh, uh, osteopaths and so forth, take a look mm-hmm. at these ingredients. And these are the ones that are sort of synergistic. So we're talking about MSM and uh, milk thistle in the form of psilocybin and NAC and glutamine and glutathione and mm-hmm. um, phosphatidylcholine. And we put all of those things into a product we call hepatidin. And so when we ended up sending this out, and in addition to this red palm, because you, you need a medium chain triglyceride in addition to some of these things to really uh, kickstart the liver into phase two conjugation. And the, the nice thing about medium chain triglycerides is it's required by the nervous system and your cardiac system. So it's good for the brain, it's good for the heart, and it's good for the liver. Um, hepatobin uh, is good for uh, both GI tract repair, which, of course, is the precursor to a lot of these mm-hmm. problems, and detoxification of the liver. So when we're sending these out to the physicians, the physicians are coming back and saying, hey, you know what? Liver enzyme tests are coming back fantastic. The AST are down. The ALT is down. Everything's normal. The cholesterol is coming down fantastic. But the um, GI tract issues that our clients have are more severe than hepatobin is able to deal with. So give us something for that. And we were recommending other products uh, and other regimens, and it just wasn't quite enough. So um, we plex into the line, which goes after candida and brings them sort of mm-hmm. into balance. Uh, it goes after parasites as well, and then um, serapeptase to remove biofilm. And again, I, it doesn't matter to me whether you <laughs> use our liver products and use our gut products or not. You just have to be aware of the ingredients that we use uh, and the um, – the pharmaceutical grade uh, ingredients. As long as you're getting those, then you're going to be in good shape. But people need to be drinking enough water. They need to be eating organic foods. Uh, We always recommend that they be drinking water with lemon uh, in the morning. Uh, And what that does is the lemon actually sends a signal to the liver to drop bile, uh, which is um, the material that is containing the byproducts of all of those metabolic uh, pathways. These are the byproducts of detoxification and breaking down hormones and, you know, perhaps heavy metals and all that work that the liver is doing during the night. They, uh, that is contained within bile. And so the lemon ends up sending the signal to the liver to drop the bile into the gallbladder. It washes the gallbladder so you don't get gallstones, right? And then drops Mm -hmm. it into the small intestine and feeds the good bacteria. So, that is a really important step in all of this. So that's why I say, look, the supplements are important, 
but you need to be doing all of the other things, you know. And we talk about healthy uh, eating, right? So a healthy diet. People ought to Google ketogenic diet. A ketogenic diet, you know, first advocated by uh, Atkins way back in the day. That was a ketogenic diet. It was basically a fat-based diet. That is the way the body was designed to operate. The main fuel source should always be fat, should not be sugar, should not be carbohydrates. Carbohydrates break down into sugar. So it's the same thing. You want to be on a fat-based energy-supported diet. Uh, the one that we typically recommend to folks is called uh, FODMAPS, F-O-D-M-A-P-S, and that was developed by a couple of, uh, actually a handful of really smart guys over at Stanford University, and is essentially the Atkins diet plus, I think, uh, probably a little healthier slant on it. So, mm-hmm. um, again, we're talking about healthy fats, which means you're eating, uh, if, if you are not excuse me, vegan, you're eating animals that are healthy, right? Not eating Mm -hmm. GMO foods and not, don't Mm -hmm. contain a lot of toxins. And so, and that takes a little bit of research to figure out what those are. And (laughs) uh, then coconut oil and olive oil and go back to butter. Butter is really good for you. Uh, Mm -hmm. Make Mm -hmm. sure that the butter is coming from an animal that's healthy, right? Uh, And then staying away from all of the processed vegetable oil. That's the killer. So mm-hmm. you can take, you can extract uh, a vegetable oil uh, and you can consume it and it will be good for you. The problem is in, in this country, um, vegetable oils are processed at very high temperatures under very high pressures. And what that does is it transforms the oil, uh, whether they be medium, tra- uh, medium chain triglycerides, longer or shorter, they transform it into a rancid form. And a rancid oil is super super dangerous to the system. Aside from sugars, it's the most dangerous thing that you can put in your body. So if I were to tell folks, there's a few things that you ought to absolutely put on the do not eat, do not consume list, it would be the following. Artificial sugars, sugars, artificial flavors, uh, petroleum-based products, which believe it or not, there's a lot of them. And then uh, uh, um, these uh, rancid oils uh, or vegetable oils. So those are really the stuff that we ought to uh, pay attention to and stay away from. And I'm going to tell you, your listeners probably a couple of things that they're not going to uh, hear very often. Uh, anything that you put on your skin is 75% transdermal. So take That's a look right. at uh, toothpaste, uh, soaps, and shampoos, and lotions, and mm-hmm. underarm deodorants, and you know, and for the women out there, the makeup, uh, the tampons. Now, you know, the cotton in this country is about 80% GMO. So we talked about BT toxin, how dangerous that is. That's on a tampon, okay? And then you're putting it into an area that's very close to your reproductive organs. So My word. once people understand all of these things and understand all the sources of toxins, now they're going to understand the importance of keeping their liver clean. If your liver is clean and healthy, it's going to, even if you are not aware necessarily of all the ingredients and all these things that are getting in your body, you're going to remove it. But you have to keep yourself healthy in order to do that. And so that's why we make these products. How long does it take to clean the liver through, through your products? I mean, everyone's going to have a different degree of, of uh, toxicity, but just you yeah. know, on an average, yeah. how long would they have to take the products to, to clear it? 
or make it better? Yeah, great question. Sure. So um, it depends where you are on the spectrum. So when we take a look at, um, you know, a, a, a liver that's in a either a diseased state or an unhealthy state, you know, it starts off uh, at one end at uh, fatty liver. And then so it, 75% of fatty liver is non-alcoholic, by the way. So 40 years ago, it was driven by alcohol. It is not anymore. It is driven by food, okay? And that's a very common misconception, even by conventional docs. So at one end, we have the uh, non-alcoholic how do you know? liver disease. How, how, um, how do you know? So that's a trick. Yeah, that's a really good question. So your liver doesn't have any nerve endings down there, so you're not going to get a pain signal unless Mm-mm. it's real bad. Uh, and you have so much uh, infiltration and inflammation that it starts to impinge on other organs, or you're getting pains from your digestive tract, because of course we said before the precursor is leaky gut, and that's going to be that's going to lead to inflammation down there and pain. So mm-hmm. that's one uh, indicator. Uh, of course, if you're jaundiced, uh, either you have yellowing oh, in the yeah. eyes or yellowing sure. in the skin, you are in big trouble. But you, oh, I mean, so you're probably fibrosis or cirrhosis at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, but Mm -hmm. another way of looking, uh, for these signs is white tongue that typically indicates candida overgrowth. And if you have candida overgrowth, you most certainly have some sort of, uh, liver issue because they're releasing aldehydes that break down the small tissue in your gut leading to leaky gut. And then it's just going to flow right into the liver. Um, some of the other signs, uh, the, the one sign that's probably easiest to pick up, uh, and this one, uh, folks can do at home. Uh, you know, I mean, otherwise you'd have to go into a doctor's office and get a liver enzyme test, which you have to typically ask for. All right. Uh, and that's a very definitive test. No doubt about that. Um, but if you take your fasting um, sugar, fasting uh, blood glucose in the morning and you are above, say, 100 to 105 uh, and sometimes folks do this and they find out that they're 150 or 200 and they have no idea because they don't have any other signs. That is a very good indicator that the liver isn't working properly. So if you're over 100 to uh, over 100 or over 105, you're a good candidate for uh, fat infiltration within the liver, and you should be really focused on that. So, how long does it take? So non-alcoholic fatty liver disease uh, turns to NASH, turns to fibrosis, turns to fibrosis, turns to I got to look for another liver. (laughs) You definitely don't want to be in that case. Oh no, no, not at all. If yeah. So uh, in the non-alcoholic fatty liver category, we're talking about five to eight percent concentration of fat within the liver. And if you're if you're there, typically what the physicians will do is they'll put you on a regimen for about two or three months. Um, so they'll have you on hepatobin and uh, maybe candida complex and, and serapeptase. And um, after two or three months, you know, the, the tests come back and things start to shoot down and you're in a recovery. Um, which is good news for you. Of course, you have to sort of change your diet and all the other things. But, um, yeah, that's that's typical. Uh, but, of course, then we have folks that, you know, take hepatobin at a much lower dose, uh, and they go for um, sort of this maintenance approach, which is just removing toxins on an ongoing basis. Okay. That makes sense. Hmm. Well, you yeah, know, we, so, have a lot of, we have a lot of obesity here in the United States, and... I suppose that obviously changing one's diet is going to help with that. Um, mm-hmm. Probably the treatment protocol will have to be tweaked a little bit too because they're going to want to lose weight. 
which means their intake of yeah. food has to be less. So what they put in their body so, has to be better. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So um, this is where I sort of, um, I bifurcate from a lot of these physicians at, at this point. So when we're talking about um, weight loss, if <laughs> uh, I'm going to try and figure out how to frame this properly. Okay. Certainly there are individuals who uh, are um, sort of uh, extremely obese. So these are the individuals that are like 400 pounds and above. Oh, the majority sure. of people aren't in that category. Those no. individuals certainly do need to typically curtail their caloric intake. Yeah, I totally agree with that. The other folks that are, you know, uh, four, see, 400 and below, believe it or not, a lot of them are just eating the wrong things. It might not mm-hmm. necessarily be a, an amount thing, although it could be. I, I totally agree with you. So I'm not a calorie counter. I've never counted calories before. I don't jump on a scale. Um, so, but I, I do... Uh, believe in the following. Um, take your weight, divide by two. That's the amount of water that you ought to be drinking every day. Absolutely without, and that's the minimum. Uh, the other thing is I typically uh, have a shake in the morning. It's a protein-based shake with a lot of um, superfoods in there. Okay, so we're cleaning out the body first thing in the morning. Okay, and that's really important. Uh, and it's important to have a nice clean protein in there as well. Start your day up nice. Uh, you have multiple snacks during the day. Uh, and then, you know, have a couple more meals. And then I shut it down. I usually have a, an eating window of somewhere between 10 to 8 hours a day. So if I, you know, wake up uh, in the morning and I, I start up with a breakfast at 9, I'm probably not eating past 6 o'clock and that's it. And so what that does is it allows your GI tract to Mm -hmm. repair itself Mm -hmm. because it needs a little bit of time. You know, you have all that food traveling through your digestive tract and it's a skin. So you have to think about, you know, um, when it's it's passing by a nice soft tissue, you need to kind (laughs) of give it a break a little bit so that if there's any um, abrasions or cuts or openings that your system can um, take care of those things. So do you, do you, kind of do you, do you prepare all your own foods? I prepare all my own foods. Yeah. I typically don't. I, I, if you walked into the kitchen, you'd be hard pressed to find anything that's processed. And if you did, you look at the ingredients and there's probably about, you know, five to eight ingredients uh, in the products that are processed. I know exactly what they are, you know, so uh, and the same thing with cleaning products in the house, the same thing with mm-hmm. personal health care mm-hmm. products in the house. And the, all of those things are really important. So, you know, it's funny when I give these talks and I start talking about diet and then I dovetail into personal care products and cleaning products. People sometimes have no idea why I'm talking about these things. They're getting into your system. They're causing problems. A lot of them are endocrine disrupting chemicals. So you definitely want to avoid those things. But yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I really prepare all of my, my own stuff in the house. And I'll be honest with you, once you get into the habit of doing it and you know where to get these things, uh, it's not expensive. Um, typically you can find a, a nice local co-op. Um, where the people who are going there and buying the products are also members and it's nowhere near as expensive as whole check. I mean, whole foods. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a benefit. And it's really not uh, very labor intensive as long as you are looking at recipes um, that, you know, just 
don't require a whole lot of time to, to prep and put together. And, and we have recipes on our website and stuff too. So oh, to you help do? Folks out. Okay. And yeah. And we have shake recipes for folks and we try to make this as easy as possible for people to understand. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. just great. I like that. So listeners, if you've just joined us, we're talking with Brendan Gochran about gut health, liver health, overall optimum diets and what's your website yeah the website is livermedic.com livermedic.com it is you know, we, <laughs> we try to make everything easy it's a complicated world out there but we try to simplify things so when you travel what do you do for eating that's a tough one that is a really difficult one. I use Yelp. <laughs> I, I typically put, put in organic restaurants in there. Um, okay. You know, the other thing is uh, buying um, you know, healthy, clean water. I typically do not drink the town or city water, uh, mostly because it <laughs> no. contains a lot of oh, uh, pharmaceuticals chloride. in there. It also, yeah, oh. it also contains oh. fluoride in there. And mm-hmm. if terrible. chloride is getting rid of bacteria, it's also, once you ingest it, uh, stripping your own system of bacteria. And that's going to lead to a lot of problems. So mm-hmm. I avoid that. And then uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll bring my blender with me. So, um, but when I come home, I know that I'm more toxic. Uh, than when I left. So I will start my own regimen uh, and I'll go back to basics for a few days and it'll get me sort of rebalanced again Uh, because it's, it is typical for for folks, especially uh, business travelers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would think that would be really tough. But some of the other, uh, we do run into, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go on. Go ahead. I was going to say a lot of times we run into folks who are suffering from um, severe digestive issues and occasionally these things flare up into ulcers. They have um, overgrowth of C. diff. You know, a lot of, maybe some listeners out there heard their doctors say you've got a C. diff issue and we've got to uh, give you a wide spectrum antibiotic for that. Uh, or they're suffering from heartburn or acid reflux and they immediately go to the purple pill, Nexium or some other uh, like product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this we run into all the time. And this is exactly what we're talking about. So when, uh, you know, when they start listening to, you know, a talk and I said, well, liver medic, what's, what's that got to do with the problems that I have? I, I've got acid reflux for heaven's sakes. Um, this is some of the stuff that we're talking about. So um, for uh, folks that had acid, acid reflux, I'll explain what's going on. They're uh, typically either accidentally or through a prescription ingesting an antibiotic. That's typically how it starts off. Or they're eating too much carbs and sugars uh, and you have a candida overgrowth. When you have candida overgrowth, it starts to push out the beneficial bacteria that completely changes the chemistry in your digestive tract. Then it gives way to other pathogenic and deleterious organisms, okay? Deleterious just meaning bad, bad for you. Uh, And they start secreting things that break down the um, digestive tract. And if they gain access into your stomach, which oftentimes happens, um, then that will negatively impact the um, acid, the pH levels in your stomach. When that happens, okay, so so hopefully listeners are are following my um, Mm -hmm. train of thought here. When the pH in your stomach does not go low enough, it doesn't engage the esophageal 
sphincter, and that's the sphincter that closes off the stomach to the esophagus. So if that's wide open, okay, because the pH is near neutral or at least it's higher, uh, it's too high um, to qualify as acid to, to get that thing to close up, that's going to allow uh, the stomach acid to go up your esophagus. That's heartburn. And I know, it, believe me, I, I've experienced it myself in the past. Uh, it feels like a heart attack sometimes. So you certainly want to um, uh, make sure you address it. The problem is that you, the Nexium is actually diluting uh, the stomach acid and creating a more neutral uh, liquid. So now your food that you just ingested is not getting broken down at all. That is further supplying food to the, the bacteria that you do not want to feed and uh, candida and other organisms. That's, that makes the small intestinal bacterial overgrowth worse. That makes the leaky gut, gut worse that makes the inflammation in your gut worse, okay? Oh, my word. And you are hooked on this Nexium pill for <laughs> God knows. Forever. Uh, until you figure out, yeah, until you figure out that there's an alternative. And there is an alternative. The alternative is reduce candida, reduce parasites, remove biofilm with a, uh, a natural uh, enzyme-like serapeptase, and start eating uh, a diet like what we had talked about. That will start to um, gain control of the overgrowth. The bacteria won't be in the stomach anymore. That sphincter will engage now because your, your, uh, the acid in your stomach is dropping. That will, will avoid all of those complications because I'll tell you that not doing that inflames the entire system. It spikes cholesterol. Uh, it eventually will lead to cardiovascular issues. Then you're on things like statin drugs and statin drugs remove fats from the body, then you'll have cognitive declines. And that's what we're starting to see in this country. There's a massive spike uh, in liver disease, in cardiovascular disease, in cognitive uh, issues, uh, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, et cetera. They're all connected. Okay, so understand the pathology mm-hmm. so that you can avoid those uh, conclusions in your own life and perhaps those uh, of loved ones. So if our, let's just say, for instance, that um, our listeners are interested in your program, do they need to go to their doctors to have certain tests done for diagnosis before they purchase your products? Uh, Typically not. Um, If individuals, uh, and they can jump on the website, they can take a look at some of the articles, and and you can have, you have some idea of what some of these signs are, you know, candida overgrowth and those kinds of things. Though they have, um, they have signs that you can kind of pick up. The liver issue, yeah, they have signs. Now, if you want to make sure that those are the problems, uh, we certainly um, promote Mm -hmm. going to a physician and, and finding out. Uh, and you know, we're a relatively small company. Um, we serve a lot of physicians, but we don't serve all of them. So if you want to, um, bring liver medic into the conversation so that you can make sure that you are, uh, these issues are being addressed in an alternative medical way rather than the pharmaceutical way, which is typically the way physicians like to handle things that would probably mm-hmm. be a step in, in the right direction for you, uh, from a health perspective. Um, but yeah, a lot of people just jump on the website and they, they pick up what they think they need. Uh, and then they'll, they'll look at a lot of the literature and it's, you know, written in such a way that they can understand the regimens and they, and they follow it and they have uh, good results as a result. I know that 
because people have different body weights that if they were to purchase one of your products and it said to take, you know, one with every meal or before meal or whatever, um, but that person really needs two, how does that work? Yeah. So, uh, in my opinion and from the experience that, um, that we've seen over the years and, and, uh, also with talking to other physicians, Okay. The ingredients in the products are very, uh, they're very strong. Um, so typically the only thing that people really need to augment is the amount of water that they drink. That's really okay. what it ends up coming down to. So uh, again, and it also depends on where you are on that, um, that liver disease scale too. So if you're you know, way over in the um, Oh, you know, sure. Nash or fibrosis, then you really oh, need to sure. be taking, you know, everything at full strength. Um, otherwise, if you're just doing it for a maintenance thing, you could just pick up a bottle of hepatabin, look at the suggested use, cut it in half, and and have the product uh, available for a month, um, and that would be no problem whatsoever. Okay, um, so but, that would be for maintenance. You would cut it in half. Yeah, that, and that would be for maintenance. And I always recommend to folks that they, you know, do things like incorporate apple cider vinegar into their diet. Um, you know, we talked about the lemon water before, uh, incorporating superfoods into their diet. That includes things like uh, spinach and kale and blueberries and chia seeds and, you know, uh, other sources of omega. Um, that's one of the reasons why we have mm-hmm. the red palm oil in there because it's a nice medium-chain triglyceride. These are all things that we know reduce inflammation, feed good bacteria, Mm-hmm. Um, are um, sort of master nutrients for your body. If you're malnourished, which most people who are obese typically are, believe it or not, you wouldn't typically, you know, you don't think of an obese person as being malnourished, but they are. They're not getting the proper vitamins uh, and minerals and cofactors in there that they ought to be. And as a result, um, you know, things don't operate correctly and the body ends up building up fat, uh, again, in sort of a defensive posture when it has a lot of toxins, because of course we can't break them down and remove them. That's the cycle that uh, people are getting caught in. Um, the other thing that I might want to mention to folks is, uh, a lot of times, you know, we were doing this for years, you know, we got into the liver products first and the physicians came back and said, no, 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 you've got to get into the gut and said, okay, fine. And then we saw for over a period of time, everybody seems to have stress and sleep issues. Why mm-hmm. is that? Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. in particular are they having problems when they have, uh, and when it's associated with gut and liver problems? Well, that's fairly obvious when we take a look at the biochemistry. So when you have these toxins flowing into the system and partially digested foods, you have this inflammatory response. The body knows that this is an artificially aging process. It signals the adrenal glands to start secreting cortisol. That gives you adrenal fatigue. The cortisol is reducing the inflammation in the body. Unfortunately, you still have the toxins flowing in, okay? Um, but now you have... Uh, increased levels of cortisol later in the day, completely throwing off your chemistry to go to sleep at night, cortisol being the stress hormone. Now you're less likely to be able to handle the personal and professional stresses that come, come along with you know, living in America. Mm-hmm. So um, that is, that's the big problem. And I know adrenal fatigue and adrenal stress, those are big. Um, they are big issues. You know, yeah. It's, if they're big issues. People know about them. They just don't know how to cure them or how to how to repair them. 
Uh, and so we have uh, a couple of products for those. Uh, they're called uh, our Zen line. So it's Zen Sleep and Zen Calm. And what they have in there is a, a good form of magnesium. It's completely organic. It's herbal-based. Uh, has your B vitamins in there and has your adaptogenic herbs. And when you do those things, look, you know, the adrenal glands, and here's a great book for you, Rethinking Fatigue is written by Dr. Uh, Nora Gaudas, a phenomenal researcher, and I recommend to anybody that they pick up the book. Once they start reading that book, they will find out how complicated your adrenal glands can be. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't get into, you know, which, um, which of the uh, neurochemistry is up or down. Throw an adaptogenic herb at there, you know, in there, a few of them. Make sure that uh, B vitamins and magnesium is also thrown in there. And what the adaptogenic herbs will do is they're going to see the uh, imbalances, pull down those that are high and pull up those that are low. I could get into why that happens, but it, the adaptogenic herbs are amazing. Uh, and that, uh, believe it or not, has helped uh, a lot of folks. Um, and we've sold a lot of those products. We have yet to have anybody bring one back, which is pretty amazing. So we know that they're working. Um, and it, it's my belief that most people out there are suffering from candida overgrowth and from adrenal fatigue. They just don't really uh, know it or aware of it, haven't gotten tested. So um, important for folks to, to at least be aware of. Oh, that's great information. Why don't you repeat the author of um, Rethinking Fatigue again in case people want to get the book to read it. Yeah, absolutely. It's Dr. Nora Gagaudis. And if you ask me to, to spell her last name, I am going to fail. <laughs> oh, but, I can, um, I can, I can I, spell it. It's, it's G-E-D as in dog, G-A-U-D as in dog, A-S. Fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, her book, uh, that's a, a top selling book. You can find it on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. Um, so, and it's just, a, it's an amazing book for somebody who's in the scientific field. Uh, it, it definitely goes through all the biochemistry for folks who have no background in, in uh, chemistry at all. You'll still be able to follow it. She's a very good writer. Oh, that's great. That's great. Was there anything else that you'd like to add today to to our um, conversation? I think we've done a very good job of covering all the issues for our listeners. Yeah, we've covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was curious. So, um, I was curious with yeah. you um, on one thing though. On apple cider vinegar, how do mm-hmm. you how do you take it? Do you mix it with yeah. in with something like in I your do, morning yeah, drink? I do. Yeah. And, and it depends. You know, I sometimes uh, sometimes I'll do a shot uh, if I'm sick or if somebody else is sick. Fortunately, I haven't gotten sick in a long time, but I get this question all the time. Well, I, you know, I'm sick or somebody in my household is sick. What do you take? And I typically tell them a mixture of apple cider vinegar, elderberries, if you can get a hand on it. Um, yes, they're very echinacea, good. Yep, mm-hmm. Honey, ginger and garlic. And if you mm-hmm. mix all those together, I'm telling you, that is better than anything that you are going to find at a CVS or Walgreens. 
absolutely anything. It's good for uh, costs. It's good just for overall uh, health. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you mm-hmm. if you jump on airplanes a lot, you know that's better than uh, emergency. That stuff is uh, it's made by it's uh, it's a mass market product. It might have been good yes. years ago, but it is not that great anymore. Um, that's mm-hmm. what you ought to be going for. So you mm-hmm. can do apple cider vinegar in a shot. Or uh, if that's too strong for you, uh, you know, it's dump a couple of ounces. <laughs> yeah, it is. Dump a couple of ounces in about eight, oun- eight ounces of water and drink it down. It is good for your digestive health. Health. Uh, it's a great alkalizer. Um, it's good for uh, pre-diabetes. Uh, it's good for a ton of stuff. So I'm definitely a big advocate of that. Oh, good. Good, good, good. All right, so um, in closing, again, your website is livermedic.com, and um, we've had a very lively, informative conversation with Brendan Gochran. Yeah, Any it's last a I really appreciate it. Um, well, if anybody wants to uh, take a look at articles or recipes, uh, they can go on our website at livermedic.com. They can also follow us on Facebook, and we have a lot of interesting information on uh, not just liver and gut health, but all kinds of things, environmental things, uh, petitions. You find out that you know, when you get heavily involved in the health industry, you end up becoming an advocate for environment uh, and uh, a lot of other things. When you mm-hmm. become aware, you can't ignore it anymore. So that's sort of my parting thought to folks out there. And thank you very much for listening. And thank you, Denise. You're very welcome. Take care. Continue your great work. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, listeners, that um, pretty much concludes our show for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another great and informative show for you. And until then, be healthy. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit Got Cancer Now What? for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?